Running this podcast has really given me a fascinating look into the world of games, specifically having a chance to talk to people and learn more about where they came up with their ideas, what fascinates them about games, what drives them to create games for people to play. For example, today's guest, Curvin, is really fascinated by the way that people communicate, and his game, Allow Me to Mansplain, actually dives into that. It's more than a party game, it's actually, I would even dare say, a an exploration of people's psychology and their their communications patterns. Our game was a little bit more simple than that, but it still fascinates me, and I love telling the story about how we were doing something completely different as we looked for a game to develop. We were creating role-playing modules, something we'll probably get back into at some point. But as a group, we've always played games together. And one night, we were playing a game with uh, Mike, our president's son, Tyler, and he just happened to say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a pro wrestling game similar to what we were playing? Two years later, and we're just a few months away from our first crowdfunding event and hoping to get Diabolical Dave's Rumble Throwdown out within the next year to year and a half. But it makes me think back on all those those conversations that we're having with game creators and why they chose the topic, the subject matter, or just even that that first conversation that spurred them on to to build the game that they have brought to market. With that being said, let's get into today's podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Should I Play It? And today I have Kervin Kaliza, and I hope I said that right after asking him, from For Why Games to talk about his game, um, Allow Me to Mansplain. Kervin, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm a little hoarse from PAX Unplugged, but other than that, I'm doing well. Well, that's right. You're right back from PAX Unplugged. Uh, Great experience, I'm assuming, as always. Those guys at PAX do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. No, it was an absolute blast. I played a bunch of games. I walked to convention hall. I even got to play some of the new hotness games, which which was really cool. Awesome. Cool. Um, so before we get into talking about the game on um, 4Y, tell me about 4Y. Uh, you have a great uh, story up on the website, and I'd be interested in, in hearing more about that. How, how did you start the company? Yeah. So uh, it started because I wanted to buy a mansplaining game. I literally woke up in the middle of the night. And I was going to do impulse buy the game, regardless of whatever it cost. Uh, there were three games that I was able to find, and they played like trivia games, which was really confusing to me because how people mansplain is dependent on how you communicate and how you talk. And I wanted a game that played a lot more like Taboo. And so I complained about it to everyone in my life for the next three months. And then I was at the local grocery store talking to a friend and he was like, well, what would your game look like? And then we designed 85% of the game in the fruit aisle of an HEB, which is the, which is the local grocery store back in Texas. <laughs> and then uh, I was working from home and then we had to go into the office and my coworkers were like, what have you been working on? I mentioned the game and they asked when they could play it. So I decided to make a prototype and brought it in and they loved it. And then they said, well, when can we buy it? And I was like, uh, and so I spent the next four months, five months doing all the research I, c- I could about board game design and self-publishing and manufacturing, listening to every podcast, read every blog. I watched all of YouTube and I decided I could do it. And so that kind of started my journey. 
Okay, so side question: What does the you've reached the end of YouTube screen look like? Because I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we, weirdly enough, the the most helpful videos were the ones that were like five or six years old with the most monotone, boring guy giving a lecture ex- talking about board game design. Like, it was weird to think that the the least animated and least interesting way you communicate uh, show like. There was like this weird correlation where if you were bland and monotone, you were super helpful. And I didn't expect that at all. All right. Good to know for future video uh, content. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. <laughs> um, so mansplaining, you know, how, how did you turn that? I mean, tell me how the game works because I'm fascinated, you know, reading through the, the rules. I, I actually, I love the fact that you published the rules on your website. I think that's pretty cool because it gives in what I don't want to steal my own thunder for later on, but it gives, it gives you an idea for what you're getting into before you actually get into it. So, you know, talk a little bit about how the game plays and, uh, and the experience that you get playing it. So it plays very similarly to taboo. Uh, the, the biggest difference being you start your turn with an opening line that a man normally says before they mansplain. Something like, at least my mother knows, or if you were prettier, maybe someone would have told you. And then you have to mansplain a topic from one of three categories. It's define, explains, and compares. Unlike taboo, you can pretty much say anything, but I purposely chose words or phrases that normally aren't explained or people never really talk about. And so, after you so it would be like at least my mother knows about how to put on this footwear where you use your hands to use to laces and make bows or whatever right okay so and then after you keep going until they say something until your partner thinks they know what you're mansplaining and they say i think i know how to tie your shoes and then you would respond, are you sure you know how to tie your shoes? And then if they say yes, they'll lock in your answer. And then if you accidentally say one of the words, uh, a part of the word or phrase, someone from the other team will cut in and say, well, actually, you broke the rules. You said this. And then they get a point instead. Okay. So a little bit of little bit of taboo in there, like you said, a little bit of even jeopardy. Form, like you have to actually form your, your question, your answers in the form of a question a little bit. So pretty uh pretty neat uh experience did you and before we get into the crux of the the conversation i'm curious the one thing i've noticed about party games and is that they i don't want to say they grow stale quickly but once you know the cards you kind of it loses its um its appeal a little bit so you know i saw that there was uh expansions which helps a lot with variety um but kind of curious have you have you run into that at all with uh with this type of game because everyone's brains work so differently, I have not experienced that at all. And normally, uh, if anything, it's the poor explaining of things that make me that that keep it fresh. So, for example, my favorite thing for an explain card was you had to explain how an automatic door works. And most there are a handful of men who, who when they played the game, uh, said, "quote You walk up to it and it moves." And then their partners would be like, hey, could you give me more? And they said, no, that, that's that's literally it. And then we just stood in silence for about like 10 or 15 seconds until he realized that really wasn't sufficient. Mm. And then when women get that card, they'll say everything from when you go to a grocery store and you grab a buggy and you walk to 
motion sensors to when you're a child playing the force trying to enter a building and that's a good one i like that one <laughs> that, that that's still my favorite uh explanation <laughs> that, I, that i've heard all right so i mean we kind of skirted around the issue and everything but i in your words if i'm sitting here and i've got a copy of the game in my hand or if i've got my shopping cart and i'm, I'm on the website and i'm ready to go and we'll talk about the, the the shopping cart after with you but uh if i'm ready to go for it and i just gotta i gotta spend that money why should i make that purchase why should i play it the comment i get the most is the the game plays very real and because especially with those opening lines they'll touch nerves and the game was purposely made that way uh one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to make the game was people get mansplained to all the time and i and it's not going away anytime soon i think it's important to be able if i can have a chance at inserting a memory or a funny story or a ridiculous explanation during that you can associate with the word mansplaining maybe it'll be more tolerable the next time it happens also the game shows a lot about how you communicate and how people communicate around you and so and a lot and one of the best things about my game is that when people play the game it leads to a lot of really cool side conversations about how or why and before you know it you're not even playing the game anymore because there's so many tangents you've gone to and i think for me that's one of the best signs of a party game is that yeah you're playing a game but it leads to other set types of conversation that is more fulfilling or memorable I like that. That's a that's a great explanation for it. There's a little bit more deeper meaning uh, to it. And and you're right, because those party games do the ones that are the be what most well designed and well written, they tend to become more than just a game like you can actually do something with them outside of the context of the game and it becomes fun and memorable. We talked a little bit uh, before this about, you know, obviously, I, I, I hope that people are interested in buying the game who are listening to it. But right now you are uh, your your store is empty. Um, and so I want, I just want to pr provide the context because anybody who goes to the website and we'll get into that, I want to make sure that they know uh, exactly uh, what's going on and talk about your, your, your sojourn from Texas to Massachusetts. Yeah. So I, I live, I currently am in Massachusetts, but, uh, my main residence is still back in Texas. I worked remotely, but the job wasn't fully remote. The job was like remote from the state of Texas. And my boyfriend lives up here in Massachusetts. And so I was like, hey, I guess I'm gonna find a job that lets me work fully remote. And in the process, I might as well be in Massachusetts. So I've been up here the last four months. I got to experience my first fall. Uh, fall is not overrated. I thought it was gonna be, uh, definitely is not. And then, so I, when you have a board game, you have to figure out how you're going to fulfill your board game, AKA how you're gonna send it to customers. And because my game is so small and I was in really no rush because all the games are the game small and they're all in my house. I decided to just ship them all myself. So not everyone chooses to take that route, but I did. And so even though I've been here in Massachusetts for four months, I did not include any of them in my carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> Carry-ons are limited, of course. So <laughs> right, Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to be moving up here probably the next month and then my store will be open after that. Awesome. So for everybody who's, who's waiting, you know, your wait won't be that long. We'll get the, we'll get these games up here. So the game is available or will be available on your website. Um, and 
I understand that you have something uh, something in store for the future. So talk a little about where to find the game and what's coming up for for Y Games. So the game is ex- uh, exclusively on my website, and the current I was gonna after my game published, I fully intended to promote the game and try to get it into retail. But I I'm a content creator on TikTok, and I made a TikTok talking about how I wanted to make a marshmallow cultist board game. And everyone loved it. Not even kind of loved it, very much loved it. And so I made a few more videos about it. And then I realized, I think I need to make this game sooner than later because if pe- you gotta give people what they want, right? So my marshmallow, my marshmallow cultist game is, is gonna be called Marsh Hollow. And the point of the game is that there are these marshmallows that are traveling the world to find mallow flowers so they can do this fire ceremony. But when they do the fire ceremony, they burn everything in its sight. They make their way into your forest, and some of the marshmallows don't want your forest to burn. So they scoured the area, found water guns, and then you play animals who hold those water guns, and you're going to try to put out marshmallows that are on fire and to shoot them to break the focus of the prairie marshmallows so ultimately their fire ceremony is not completed. When is this coming out? Because I want to try it. (laughs) It's mid next year. It's going to be a polyomino roll and write. So polyominoes are the pieces that are like when you think of when you think of Tetris, and so you're going to place them on a map and you're going to use them to advance your way across the map. It's also a cooperative game, so there's powers and things you can do to interact with other people's boards. And uh, the feedback I've gotten so far has been really good. Awesome. So we're talking about mid for anybody who's listening to this at any point. It's we're talking about mid 2024 that the game will be in, uh, a, I assume, a Kickstarter or GameFound or something like that for crowdfunding. And if you want, I'll, I will plug you for yourself. If you want more information, I strongly suggest following 4ygames.com, uh, which is your website. And uh, you have any, I, I'm sure you have a social media presence as well. You've already mentioned TikTok, so. Uh, mine's exclusively just like my TikTok as well, which is just 4ygames. Yep. Awesome. So, Kervin, uh, I really pumped to have you i am sorry that you're coming off of the uh, the conference and, and have the and, and feeling the the conference uh hangover as i like to call it but uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you i i do want to mention that curvin actually did volunteer and uh, help play test our game on um, with grimsteel games and so i've gotten to meet him in person he's a neighbor now in massachusetts we're happy to have him up here i am sorry to say that now you're going to experience your first massachusetts winter which is not as much fun as the fall but uh, you'll survive it and we'll get into uh, next year and get that, uh, get your new game out to Kickstarter. Um, and hopefully we'll have you back to talk about it when it's, uh, when it's crowdfunding. That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. The invite's always open. Um, Kervin, thank you so much, everybody. Make sure you check it out. Uh, thank you for listening as always, and we will catch you on our next episode. Take care. <laughs>